0: All while helping make your sexual experiences with yourself, partner, significant other in your life, everything that you desire. I am full of resources and I am extremely straight to the point. So if you are ready for the unsugar-coated talks, I'll be covering everything under the birds and the bees, a.k.a. sex. Welcome to the Unchained Sex Cast and Welcome back to another episode of the Unchained Sex Cast. I'm so excited to bring to you more kinky topics. So whenever I was thinking about what I wanted to record today, it's really been heavy on my mind as I work through more kink, psychological play. I'm wrapping up my oral sex guide um, that I have kind of leaked on a few episodes ago. So I'm really heavily focused around fetishes, kink, and psychological play. And i I have quite a bit of content that's going to be coming more about this because this is just my specialty. You know, I always encourage you to find as many resources as you can that can support your sexual health, all areas of your health, uh, your sex life, your sexuality, how to tap into your sensuality. There are so many amazing coaches and therapists and sexologists and people that you can follow who live in different lifestyles, who have many different backgrounds that are gonna give you so much. So I always encourage you, surround yourself with people and your feed, you know, that you scroll on a million times a day. Start really being intentional with who you put in your feed and who you're looking at and who you're taking in ideas from because that is directly what affects our environment, our reality, what we actually live in. You know, whenever I started actually consciously choosing who is in my feed whenever I do scroll, my Outlook changed. The way that I viewed social change. I started using social media as actually a tool to serve me versus me serving it. Now, do I get caught in the scroll every now and then? Oh yeah, I definitely find myself there. And when I find myself there, the best I can do is just consciously realize, whoa, I just wasted so much fucking time on this when I could have done three different things. So those days happen. It fucking happens. Don't be hard on yourself. But what's been coming up for me a lot lately is psychological play, kinky play. I've talked a lot about erotic blueprints. And if you haven't taken your erotic blueprint yet, this was a test that was designed to show you what your erotic blueprint is, how you feel love. What? how do you feel desire, How do you speak it? I am that kinky psychological blueprint. There's five different blueprints that you can get. Like I said, if you haven't taken this quiz yet, go do it. I had a podcast fan that reached out a while back and was like, I finally took it. (laughs) And I was so excited. It It just tells you so much about yourself that you maybe knew, but maybe could never put into words. I feel like a lot of it is that. You're like, wow, I knew that all along, but I just never knew the words on how to fit it or how to describe it or how to share that with my partner. Or I never really had thought about it heavy into it and I realized, oh wow, that is more like me. So when you hear me talk about pleasure, when you hear me talk about personal stories, it's coming from a person who holds high kink standards. The psychological play and psychological kink is my blueprint. So whenever we talk about these blueprints and kinks and fetishes, I usually have a lot of people who have questions about those words. I wanted to kind of share like the difference between those words and maybe you them in context with talking about some of my kinks and some of the things that I've learned about myself through self-exploration and discovery. I've also, at the time of recording this, have been reading through, like, Yes Mistress and some very dominant heavy BDSM books. And I'm over here beaming, learning about all these new kinks and just hearing different point of views. It's just literally my favoritest fucking thing ever. It might be your favorite too, which is why you're here listening to this. Oh, this is gonna be a little kinky, psychological fetish episode that you're gonna just get a little cocktail of everything in. Let's just start off with the psychological kink blueprint. What does that actually mean? Whenever we're talking about your blueprint, that is like your core, you're you're, going to have a few things that come up. Your number one is going to be your core turn on, your core erotic blueprint. You're going to get a number two. For me, I am a number one kink. Kink can kind of split off into two different areas. So you can be more sensual kink and you can be more psychological kink. And I am more psychological kink. With third, I am more sensual. So I kind of break off with kink being my number one, psychological being number two, and then sensual. Being number three, as far as what I need to feel arousal, what I need to feel desire, it's going to break down into multiple areas. So, for me, what I need to feel arousal from kink is very taboo things. It's the new things, which is why I'm over here so giddy about reading these, getting back into some of these Dom books and the lifestyle. And why it gets me so excited is because it's taboo. It's new, it's fresh ideas, it's things that I haven't maybe thought about in a while, or it's somebody saying something I have thought of. But they say it in a different way where it just gets me so much more excited. So kink is definitely having that change of flow, change up new taboo things. Maybe it's things that a lot of people like. Maybe it's really uncommon things. It's going to look differently for everybody. I feel like whenever people hear the word kink, you know, growing up in a small minded community, um, heavy Heavy in the purity culture Bible belt area. the word kink you like you don't even say that word. that is a dirty word kinky means that you are a nasty type of person. you wear a lot of black leather. you wear latex like you're dirty if you are kinky. So fucking funny now because going from that attitude like growing up and around that atmosphere to now I'm literally on an international podcast telling people how kinky I am how the times have fucking changed thank you i never knew i never knew what the word kink actually meant and so after going through certifications and literally working in the sexual health industry for almost 10 fucking years i definitely discovered that kink is just another word For describing your turn-ons that are not related to conventional sex, that are not related to making a baby. So basically kink could identify anything past the missionary position is kind of how I view it. You can use that word for so many different ways. And it's similar like it's kind of funny how in the English language we can take some words and put we can put so much shame around it and behind it and just really empower it to be the dirtiest worst thing ever. Kink is just another word used to describe turn-ons, sex, things you like. It can be used in so many different ways and we shouldn't have this fear behind it. We shouldn't have shame behind it. If you're still like, I I still feel really uncomfortable using that word, Maybe try using the words ethical kink instead. So, ethical kink would just mean that you have kinks that are, of course, ethically and morally right. Like, we're not going past any boundaries here. I feel like I've really destigmatized that word in my life. It's a word I use frequently. I'm writing about kink constantly, I'm listening about kinky books. Like, it's just a word that's been in my world for. 10 years so i don't think much about it anymore when we talk about kink we can talk about so many different aspects of kink so what's the difference between having kinks and having fetishes let's talk a minute about fetishes and then we're gonna actually talk about like kinks fetishes and psychological play because it's my podcast and that's what i want to talk about fetishes are usually not universally appealing and what do I mean by that? Fetishes are usually extremely diverse and different across the board. Fetishes usually hone in on one specific thing that just brings such heightened amounts of pleasure, okay? Fetishes, I'm going to give you some examples that I have personally seen. And then I've also been reading um, this book written by Dominatrix, who talks about her client's fetishes. And so I wrote down some of the most wildest ones. Of course, I got a fucking Share them with you guys. I'm like, oh my gosh, the podcast is gonna eat this the fuck up as soon as I read her book. When fetishes come up, it's actually traced back to moments in childhood that really impacted sexuality or their sensuality or just how they discovered turn-ons. One of the fetishes that I was reading about was this man he had actually talked about his fetish and how it started was from watching an old movie when he was younger and I just find it so interesting whenever you start to dive into your turn-ons and kinks and fetishes then things kind of start to click for you and you're like oh wow no this is a part of who I am I've just denied myself that area for so long or I've just had so much shame around this area that I've just ignored it. I feel like a lot of us could probably relate to that. Whenever you're like well how are you discuss, how would you decide if something is a fetish or it's just a kink that turns you on? Whenever you're fantasizing about sex or about a scene or if you were to picture the majority of your sexual fantasies what are the things that are just details like maybe on the sidelines, like things that might happen? And then what's the actual primary focus? If you are if you start to notice a pattern in what your primary focus is, then it could definitely be a fetish coming through. You know, maybe in most of your fantasies, you are touching someone's feet or you have feet involved. That definitely could indicate that you might have a foot fetish, which is a pretty common fetish. And then there's some things that are in your fantasy that might just pop in and out. You know, maybe that involves if you're like, I like spitting, but it's not in every single fantasy, then maybe that's just a kink that you like. I think it's important to kind of identify between kinks and fetishes. You know, your fetishes are going to be things that come up in almost every fantasy or most of your fantasies. It's going to be focused around that object or that thing or that body part, whatever that fetish is around. I feel like the details that build your fantasies are kind of where your kinks lie. Before we talk about some of these crazy fetishes that I've heard, um, and I don't say crazy because I'm shaming because there might be somebody who listens to this and I read off or talk about your fetish and I just want to say we do not kink or fetish shame around here. Coming up in an environment where you don't hear things openly talked about, you don't hear sex openly talked about, sometimes these things, hearing them first off the bat, you're like, wow, that is crazy and that's just because I feel like we don't have another word to describe it. The better word would be, that is so different. And me being the... The kinky person I am, I've always been one to be like, wow, that's so crazy. But at the same time, I'm like, I am so fucking intrigued right now. Like, I find myself using that word a lot of the time when I am just very intrigued. And sometimes I say the word intrigued, I'll just be like, no, please tell me more. Like, I am fucking intrigued. I want to know a lot more details. Like, give me the fucking tea. I mentioned the foot fetish. That's very common. Lingerie is another one, whether that be your partner wearing it, yourself wearing it. A lot of people. People like to tie in their humiliation fetish with... Lingerie. So maybe it's a man who likes to be feminized by wearing women's lingerie or women's underwear. This is a really popular kink, believe it or not. A lot of men, very successful men, lawyers, doctors, high profile, you know, people who are well known, who are very successful in life, they use their kinks and fetishes as a way to escape. They use it to feel inner parts of themselves. I would say the one part about Somebody who is interested in being feminized or cross-dressing or wearing women's underwear or being a little feminized by and humiliated by wearing women's underwear or lingerie. Men who are in this kink and fetish are very masculine men. Somebody who explores these kinks is very confident in who they are and, and very confident in their masculinity. So I've talked a little bit about my fetishes before on the podcast. Maybe you're newer to the podcast and haven't heard any of those episodes, but some of you guys know that I've talked about my hand fetish. And if you're like, what? I've heard of foot fetish. What is hand fetish, Sierra? So now that you know a little bit more about what fetishes actually are, then you have a better idea of understanding maybe what yours could be. Whenever I first realized that I had a hand fetish, it made so much sense because hands were involved in a lot of the things that I found most pleasurable. And if you're like, what does that even mean? Think about the small details. So one, One thing that I absolutely love is watching my partner play with themselves, especially their hands. Like if I am watching my partner masturbate or jack off, I find that very stimulating, very attractive. Another thing with hands is whenever my partner's touching me, uh, fingering or playing or foreplay, even just slight massage. If you want to go like a little more vanilla, (laughs) we were like, whoa, we got deep there real quick. More vanilla touch. Hands were just very involved in almost every single type of sexual fantasy that I would have or every almost every single type of play that I would find most pleasurable is whenever I noticed this and then the more I got into it the more I realized it's also an attraction thing for me as well and what do you mean like you have to have the right kind of hands to be attracted to them I mean, it sounds kind of weird when you put it like that, but yeah, I mean, my whole sexual life, I can think back and think of every person that I was ever attracted to had a specific type of hand. One that I can remember. I can remember all their hands and what they look like. If you didn't have a certain like hand aesthetic, I truly didn't find you really appealing. And it was very strange. And then the more I thought about it, you know, I think about this saying, hands are an extension of the heart. And I truly feel that you can feel people and the way that they touch you. You can feel people's intentions. You can tell their vibes, their energy through their hands. You can tell by their grip, their touch, just the way that they maneuver. I feel like the hands truly are an extension of the heart. People who I could feel really connected with, I felt connection through their hands and I'm just telling you guys all of this just to show my experience, just to tell you my experience in exploring my kinks and fetishes. Everyone's experiences are going to look differently, but being a hand fetish does not mean that I sit and look at pictures of hands all day. That's no, like that's not what I fucking do. That's not my type of fetish. Um, it could be somebody else's, but it's not mine. My type of hand fetish is the type where it's the attraction. I, It's a certain hand aesthetic. It's also the way that you handle me and where you put your hands and how you touch me. It's also about watching you and it's also about involving your hands in fantasies and watching you use your hands. It's more than just the attraction. So then I also realized during this exploration process, (laughs) one day I looked down at my hands and I just started laughing. And if you know me then you know my nails are always manicured perfect. I usually always have my nails perfectly manicured. I like to go every two to three weeks to get my fill. I keep lotion in my car so I'm constantly lotioning my hands and moisturizing. My hands are to be done at all times. And so whenever I looked down that day and I just found myself laughing at my hands, it was because I realized, wow, I do have a hand fetish. I am extremely particular about how my hands look. I'm extremely particular about how my partner's hands are and the aesthetic that they have. And then also in my fantasies, I love watching my partner play with themselves. I love mutual masturbation where it's like side by side masturbating. And that kind of ties in like with the voyeurism of like, I love watching and then the exhibitionist where I love to be watched. So it kind of just ties into all of my all of my kinks. So it started to go a lot deeper than just oh you have a fetish. You have a hand fetish. I encourage you to explore some of the things that you might find as primary focuses in your fantasies and in your sexual fantasies. Underneath that you might find that you have a fetish too or maybe a kink that's just a lot higher than what you thought it was. So now that I've talked about Having a hand fetish, when I talk about all these other fetishes, you're gonna think I'm so fucking vanilla. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I had to hit you with my hand fetish first before I talk about the other ones. One that I heard about recently that I have not heard in a while and that I don't think it really like clicked with me is a smoking fetish. And this is where people actually have um smoking cigarettes, smoking cigars, like they have a smoking fetish and it could be around, it could be involving humiliation. People could like it for the sens- the sensory part of it, you know, getting that smoke and touching and having your partner involved and then also it could be for the fact that you want to be a human ashtray for someone it could tie in with that submission and involve that power dynamic so smoking fetish was something I just thought that is definitely never a fetish I think I can safely say I would never have a smoking fetish. Do I think it's sexy sometimes in photos and the way that people present it? Yeah, you, you can definitely make smoking look sexy, but I don't find it uh, to be one of my fetishes. But yeah, being a human ashtray, I mean, I would definitely make a human ashtray serve me. I mean, I think that is a valid fetish to have. Smoking fetish is probably a little bit more common than you think Uh, another one is golden showers this is so fucking common and you're like oh what pee play is so fucking common y'all like I can't tell you I would actually say like in my view and I know that my view is different than others but in my view like when I think of things that lie outside the realm of kinks that people have that they don't talk about pee play and golden showers is like number one, I feel like. This is just right outside the edge of, I can't talk about it cause it's really shameful and not everybody's into it. That's the thing about fetishes though. They are not universally appealing because they're not gonna appeal to every other person. So people can find pee play and golden showers super taboo. I remember whenever I was like in my teens and one of my friends had a cousin who was super into pee play and she would straddle herself over her partner and piss on him. In the tub and in the bed. And I remember when my friend told me about this story, and I thought, holy shit, why would anybody ever want to pee on someone else? And you know, I'm just gonna say, like, I have everything I've ever said I would never do. I'm eating that shit sandwich in my 20s and 30s. That's all I'm saying. One, (laughs) whenever I first heard it, I was like, ah! I had that mortified feeling. So if this is you now, it's okay. I've been where you've been. And It was mortifying to me at first. But golden showering and pee play can be a fetish for several reasons. One, it's taboo. It's like, what? You did what with your partner? It can be um, very sensual for some people. Like I said, it's the sensory. It's the warm urine. Like It's the feeling of having your senses taken over. For some people, it's the submission, the art of being dominated and having somebody else in control. For some, it's the humiliation you're getting pissed on like you can make that super humiliate you can make that verbally degrading you can make it extremely humiliating and for some people that humiliation is what turns them on almost a lot of fetishes and kinks actually can relate to degrading and humiliating so it is interesting and it can also be a really intimate ritual with your partner you know who you're experiencing with what scene you've set golden showering and pee play is a lot more common than what you think um, even just the voyeuristic part of it. So I I feel like even just in my personal experience, a lot of people who have P play fetishes like just watching. Maybe not even, you know, receiving, but just watching. If they are receiving, a lot of people are into it on their mouth, on their genitals, on their chest. Everyone feels things differently. So this is why consent is such a huge part of consent and communication are a huge part of any partner play or any fetish or kink exploring because it's going to look so different for everybody. Everybody sees it through a different lens. So whereas your partner might approach you and say one day, you know, I'm really, I've been watching some golden shower porn lately and I'm just really intrigued. Would you be you know, open to ever exploring that? If your partner ever said that to you, one, praise them for that language. Hello. (laughs) Two, would you immediately think my partner wants me to pee where on them? It could be they just want to watch you pee. Maybe they are like freak level a thousand and are like, no, I want you to pee in my mouth. Or maybe they want you to pee. I feel like on the feminine side of this. So for the feminine who have the golden shower or pee play fantasies, a lot of the time it's pee in the mouth. It's a degrading, humiliating, submissive part of letting go of control and receiving And so I know a lot of submissive women who are that are into golden showering that will be bound in a dog collar or being led with a harness and are actually like lapping it up as they pee. You can get into so much role play and humiliation with different fetishes um, especially golden showering. People just assume BDSM and fetishes are centered around leather and latex. It uh, Maybe originated here because leather has always been a universal. I feel like symbol of authority and power. People love tight latex suits. They look wet. They look sexy. They show all your curves. You know, there's even yoga fetishes now. People who literally have yoga pant fetishes and guys who are even so obsessed with yoga pants and have such a strong fetish. They even know brands, you know, they'll be like, did just see that one movie where he's like, is it the Lululemons? Does it have the little crest above the back? Like he is, has a yoga pants fetish. It's even crazy to think how much media and movies and things that we've watched that have showed us fetishes and kinks. And then we go around shaming that shit. And it's like, you realize that this is an every bit of life. Like, we're just not awake to the language of how to describe it. Maybe we're just pushing it down and feeling shame. So, one of the fetishes that I read in my book that I lost it over, y'all. Like, if you're in the Midwest, you're gonna lose it too. One of the fetishes I read about was a man who had a fetish for Timberland Boots. And I am not even lying. Like this Dom said she would literally wear her Timberland boots and walk on her client put the boots in his face, make him shine the boots, make him do things like Timberland boots, y'all. Like what? This is like one of the wildest things I've ever heard. Another one was hairstyling. I thought that was kind of unique. So this man had a fetish around watching women style and fix their hair. When we think fetish, we instantly think the dirtiest, most sexualist deed ever done. And some people are just obsessed with watching women style their hair. Our partner sometimes does things that they like that we don't understand why. And it's because it means different things to them. It's important to them. Take, for example, if you had a partner that had a fetish over watching you style your hair. Maybe you didn't know that. Maybe you just always wondered why your husband wanted to watch you fix your hair. And you're like, okay, whatever. Sure, if you want to. And for them, it was a much more sensual Arousing experience. They like the way your arm reaches up and pins your hair to the top of your head. They like the way that you wrap your hair around your curling iron and pick it out. Like it's a more pleasurable experience for them. And you might not have ever even picked up on it. I think this is important to know that this is why whenever you have a partner who, who who truly holds space for you to feel comfortable and to fully express themselves, that is such a unique connection and experience because they're not judging you. They're holding space for you to feel and to feel who you truly are and embrace that and embrace your authenticity and embrace your turn-ons and embrace your kinks and fetishes. There are some people who live in relationships and live lives and they will never feel safe expressing themselves. To this day, there will be people who will never feel comfortable in their relationships expressing themselves. We have a choice. We can, we can choose to set that as our standard If you choose to go the hard route, I feel like it's one of those sayings where it's like, pick your heart. You know, you can choose to let go of the shame and embrace your authenticity and really find what's true for you. You can choose that hard route or you can stay where you're at and you can stay stagnant and you might experience a lot of sad sex. That's going to be hard. So this is one of those paths where it's like, choose your heart. You can choose your hard. Um, For me though, I always choose the hard and happy route. You know, (laughs) I like the hard things. Who doesn't like the hard things? I like the hard things that make me happy though. So even though I know going through some of these areas are crunchy and admitting you have a hand fetish was a, was an interesting point in time. It was hard, but it also made me happy because now I can communicate what I need to my partner so much more effectively. I can let them know how much it means to me and how much it turns me on whenever they let me watch them masturbate. I'm able to communicate what I need more. And that's going to bring me more pleasure. Now, it's going to bring a fuckload of a lot of pleasure in the future. Because now that I've discovered that, I can continue to be open and discover more and be intimate with my partner and create those intimate bonds and that connection. And that's going to pay off over time. That's something you can never get back. That's something you can't fucking buy. It's something you can't get back. So you can choose your heart. You can choose to stay where you're at. You can choose to live the stagnant sex life that you're in. You can choose to feel shame around the words kink. You can choose to feel shame around the words fetish and get anxious whenever you hear those words brought up in conversation. Or you can choose to find the real you. You can choose to put aside the shame that our culture, that purity culture has put on you. Maybe that your family or that other people have put on you. Remember, shame doesn't belong to us. It was given. It was a nasty gift that somebody gave us that we just held on to. You can choose to release all that and really find your turn-ons, your erotic blueprints, embracing your sexuality and your most true authentic self. I definitely support you. I support you in finding out your kinks. I support you in diving into your fetishes. I support you so much that I'm even willing to talk about my own personal experiences, my own turn-ons, and be extremely fucking vulnerable, even though I'm talking into a microphone and looking at my computer and... (laughs) the recording go across the screen. There's a background picture of me and the Unchained Sex Cast. Even though I'm looking at that right now, you're going in hundreds of ears. When you think of it like that, it's a little bit more vulnerable experience, but I always said if I could share one thing that would help someone feel better about themselves or that would give someone validation then it's worth sharing for me. I'll definitely take one for the team y'all. I'll talk about my fetishes, my kinks. I'll talk about psychological play. I don't give a shit. After all, it is all the things that I love most. Fetishes and kinks, baby. You deserve to own your for listening to the Unchained Sexcast. For more, please follow us on Instagram under the Unchained